Hey everyone, welcome to 10 Movies, where every season we focus on one actor through 10 of their most iconic films. This season, we're going deep into Dwayne The Rock Johnson, a cultural and cinematic touchstone. I'm Hemel Javeri, and with me is my wonderful co-host and friend, Brian Minter. I have a question for you. Oh, please ask it. In this movie, does Dwayne Johnson fight monsters? He fights? I don't know if you would call just them monsters. Just say yes! Just say yes! Of course he does! It's exciting! He ruined it. Anyway, he fights monsters in Rampage. This episode, we're going deep on the comically over-the-top, yet somehow not totally stupid movie, Rampage. Rubber bullets. Big mistake. Woman, I am the cavalry. I'm what you call an ice-cold can of whoop-ass. You want to catch wolves? You need wolves. Let's go hunt. Did you enjoy the film Rampage where Dwayne Johnson fights and or befriends gigantic <laughs> monsters? I will say that I enjoyed Rampage more than I've enjoyed other movies that mm-hmm. I have watched. <laughs> I cannot say that I remember a lot of it. <laughs> Uh, well, I watched it last night, so it was very fresh in my mind. But for those of us who did not watch it last night, Hamill, what is this, what is the story that they are telling in the film Rampage? Well, it's a real. I, I, it's something that I think a lot of people want to sink their teeth into. <laughs> it's relatable. It's a relatable it's a human drama. <laughs> relatable drama about giant monsters that come to life and try to battle each other. It's uh, about a gorilla. A giant crocodile, and what's the third big animal? Uh, The best animal in the movie, the wolf, the best thing in the movie. How can you forget the wolf? Right. It's about a giant gorilla, a giant wolf, wolf, and a giant crocodile that fight each other through the streets of the United States. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's that's exactly right. It is right. That is the plot of Rampage, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, And Dwayne Johnson plays, if I remember correctly, one of the animals. Is that right? He's the gorilla? He he is like the fourth monster. He's uncredited (laughs) as the fourth the monster well he's uh so the uh there's a there's a bad evil corporation who is inventing some kind of like mutation juice in space yeah and it goes wrong and the mutation juice crashes to earth turning three ordinary uh ordinary animals into giant monster size animals yeah and we are not talking about like even king kong size these are like the the kaiju from Pacific Rim size well, monsters. They feel like King Kong size, aren't they? King Kong size. I don't know. They felt like bigger than King Kong well, size. Weirdly, they're different sizes. Yeah. Like the crocodile is twice the size of the wolf and the monkey. Which <laughs> I don't know. They didn't really explain why that happened. No, there's no proportions here. It's not like they all got two times bigger. They're just all kinds of crazy sizes. But that's that's really the plot of Rampage. It's the the Rock plays like an animal guy. He's a primatologist. <laughs> is that a real thing? I, I imagine so, but you know what's annoying is that in every single Dwayne Johnson movie, he's got to be a special forces elite ranger badass. Yeah. And in this one, he's a primatologist who used to be a special forces elite ranger badass. It's really predictably dull that he's always a warrior soldier dude. Okay, well, let me ask you something. How many primatologists do you know with guns that size? Uh, like, by guns, I mean biceps. <laughs> yeah, he has both uh, literal and figurative guns in the movie. Well, you left out. Uh, what else happens? Well, look, that's that's really yeah, the plot, a lot of, right? A lot of set dressing, I guess. It's 
the well, he's got a buddy. He's got some buddies. Well, okay. So let's the I, I, there's no sophistication whatsoever to the story, no, which is not. fine because I think one of the good things about this absolutely ridiculous, over the top film is that it does not try to take itself seriously. Mm-hmm, it doesn't yeah. really try to pretend to be anything that it <clears throat> isn't. Even all of the actors like play our, all their roles with like this weird hammy energy that in the end kind of works. Yeah, it's a romp. But the like driving narrative thrust, if you can descri- if you could describe it that way, it is uh, that all the animals all the animals are called to Chicago beca- by some like invisible dog whistle, basically. Yeah. Implausibly and inexplicably, the evil corporation that created the giant monster animals wants to bring them to Chicago instead of, you know, like going to find them or like drawing them to a field in a deserted place somewhere. They bring them to downtown Chicago. Yeah. With their giant dog whistle. Uh, and then, uh, and which, you know, results in all kinds of insane destruction that these big blockbusters are known for. Now, uh, of course, uh, Dwayne Johnson is aided in his quest to, uh, yes, uh, by, uh, Naomi Harris, who plays, uh, I would say a somewhat forgettable and blandish scientist. She's yeah. Fine. So Dwayne Johnson's character's name is, uh, what is it? Never matters. <laughs> Never matters what his character's name is. His <laughs> character should be named Dwayne Johnson in every movie. <laughs> Um, the Naomi Harris is her. Her name is Kate, I guess. Right, Kate, Kate, the genetic scientist. Kate, and genetic. She's she used to work for the evil corporation. Right. Now she's working against them. Uh, Malin Ackerman plays the evil CEO of and the she's, corporation. She's quite evil. And the corporation is called Energene. It doesn't matter. Just it doesn't matter, but it's <clears throat> ridiculous. But there are a fair amount of fun little cameos in this film. Are there fun little cameos? I don't even remember. Joe Manganiello, he plays like the leader of the private military group at the very beginning, like special ops guy who gets his like head eaten off by the giant wolf when that guy showed up i'm like oh here's gonna be the villain he's like a tough dude he's got a dramatic scar gets eaten by a giant wolf <laughs> yeah. inside of 10 minutes yeah and it's joe Mangello. uh joe Mangin- Manginello. I, I don't even know hmm i gotta work on that also jeffrey dean morgan as yeah, the jeffrey government morgan, agent yeah he plays like a it doesn't even say what he is fbi nsa some you know doesn't matter government agency guy doesn't he's matter. uh you know he's gonna try to trap the rock but then about halfway through he's like you know what? The Rock knows what's going on. I'm going to let him and his girlfriend go fight these giant monsters. Good luck, buddy. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is very good at playing like disgruntled and like sarcastic guy who looks like he his face always is just in need of a shave. <laughs> he's just very good at that. Yeah, he so. didn't he didn't read it all like a government agent, but he he was fun. And I noticed in one scene, he's looking Dwayne Johnson in the eye. So he's a he's a big man. He's a big yeah. dude. Yes, he he's got a little heft to him. You know, we're we're talking about the the cast, which I think, you know, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time here. This is not a cast. This is not a movie about <laughs> actors. But the strongest member of the cast to me, if I may, uh, George the monkey. What we haven't really discussed is that one of the three giant monster animals is uh, Dwayne Johnson's buddy, which is a big albino gorilla named George. George becomes uh, very aggressive and rampagey bah, 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 when he gets hit with his drug. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, Dwayne Johnson is trying to, the army's trying to kill the monsters and all this stuff, but Dwayne Johnson wants to save his friend, the gorilla. Yes. And I gotta say, I thought the gorilla was one of the best CGI characters I've ever seen in a movie. The gorilla is played by Jason Lyles. That's the motion capture actor. Oh, no, there's a, there's a person involved. That's yes. Yeah, I didn't so even there's he's played by Jason Lyles. He's a motion capture performer that George is based on. And George is supposed to be an albino, western, lowland, gorilla 
thank you Wikipedia, Absolutely. which Absolutely. has an entire section about the gorillas <laughs> used in this movie. Yeah, because it's not like constant where the CGI would wear on you. Yeah. Just, you get a sense of his personality. Yeah, uh, yeah I thought, uh, you know, in a lot of movies, there's not really any interesting character for Dwayne Johnson to interact with. Uh, but in this movie, his gorilla friend, I really enjoyed. I think that you have actually tapped kind of a hidden... Uh, hidden aspect to this movie and possibly into The Rock's acting ability, which is that it has to be very hard to act opposite giant CGI that mm, nothing yeah. that is there. And I have to say that every time it was a big giant gorilla and The Rock, those scenes felt totally fine, right? They were completely ludicrous, but they felt totally believable. Yeah, I felt like there was he was really interacting with the giant monkey that he had some affinity for. I did enjoy the movie. I was not looking forward to it for three reasons. Okay. One, I'm I'm, I'm really like worn down by watching all these stupid movies mm. like in a row. And uh, this seemed like it was going to be another one. Number two, you texted me, you're going to hate it. Which, I don't know why you thought I would hate it. But you, yeah, that didn't give me a lot of confidence. <laughs> and three, it was directed by Brad Payton, who directed the unwatchable San Andreas starring Dwayne Johnson. Wow. So I was I was dreading this. I put it off to the last possible second. I watched it last night and I, I thought it was pretty fun. Wow. I, I I just need to go back because the fact that you said San Andreas oh, you liked San Andreas I was unwatchable. It was ridiculous. I love San Andreas. I love San Andreas. I will watch it anytime that it is on repeat on FX, which is every other night. Um yeah, I don't I don't agree with that assessment of San Andreas. But I will say that Rampage is also one of the movies that I was not looking forward to and it ended up being perfectly fine. It's what you know, it what set it apart if I may was the monsters. Yeah. Like uh and, and we watched Hercules which we did not care for. And in one point in Hercules starring Dwayne Johnson, there's like a flashbacky sequence where he fights a monster and mm-hmm. it's over with in 2 minutes. And I I remember thinking like, "Oh man, that's what I, I want Dwayne Johnson and giant monsters and here here it is it has been delivered unto me." Okay, so one of the fun things about what I'm noticing with the rock films is that they have to progressively get more intense and crazier mm. for believable uh opponents and nemesis for the rock right like <laughs> he either has to fight an army of 30 guys or he has to fight like a, a super soldier-esque kind of villain like he does in Hobbs and shaw or he has to fight Three giant monsters. Yeah, each the size of the Chrysler building. Uh, okay, so here's one thing. I you did like the movie. I thought it was fine. I, I, it was definitely not my favorite movie. But there have been other movies that I have hated with a passion, and this was not one of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go back and rewatch it immediately. But I, this is going to be at the near the top of my Dwayne Johnson list. Wow. Okay, it's not near the top of my Dwayne Johnson list. But what I was going to say is that. One of the interesting things about this is that for a long portion of the film, if I'm remembering it correctly, the monsters basically just fight each other, right? Dwayne's muscles aren't really used until the very end. Yeah. He And they are used a lot at the very end, like but at, you're right. It's, yeah, like at the very end, most of the time he's just kind of laid back, not really flexing the guns, doing anything <laughs> rocky-y. Uh, but towards the end, they really like put that... Um, rock energy to use and they have him i think he he doesn't like actually take on 
the gorilla or anything like that, but there's some kind of physical fight. Well, so. he fights. The, so, uh, you know, the gorilla, he's in the early scenes. Yeah, he's he's calming the gorilla with his primatology skills. Right. Uh, then, of course, yeah, the gorilla goes nuts and rampagey and the gorilla fights the wolf, I think, a couple times. And one thing I think is well done. You know, there's a third monster because, you know, that a third capsule hit for most of the movie. Like we see the gorilla a lot. We see the wolf and the wolf is really, I think, well done how they use it. The crocodile you doesn't come until the very end. And you're like, oh, shit, right. There's a third monster. And then there's a great scene where, like, the army guys are like, there's something in the river. And it's really <laughs> big. And then the crocodile shows up. But we've seen the, these monsters are indestructible, right? We saw the army shoot missiles at them. And we've seen people shooting guns. Nothing even harms the giant monsters. But then the rock shows up at the end to fight the crocodile. He has one gun and, like, a grenade. And he pretty much defeats the crocodile <laughs> in hand-to-hand combat. The crocodile that has bested the other monsters, including the wolf, who's headed Adolf, and like an entire armored tank division and multiple <laughs> fighter jets, but the rock brings it down because he is more, he is tougher than all those other because things. Because he's the rock. I'm not going to watch a movie with three giant monsters and the rock if the rock doesn't defeat at least one of them. And he does. He does and he defeat, does. yeah. Well, this is a good segue into the rockness of the film. Yes. What are your what are your rock uh, your rock protocols? Your rock questions. My rock questions. Our first one to gauge the rockness of this film: Does he kill slash save people? Yeah, I think he's. This is this is like you talk about the you know how he's like he's a saver of people in a lot of his roles. Yeah. And this I feel like is a classic the rock role where he's mm-hmm. like a super tough, skillful, great dude who can kick anybody's ass, and he's constantly leaping in to save the day. He's always saving people. From from some sort of monster. Right. And in this one, especially, he has to have a lot of emotional intelligence, right? Because he tries to reason with the gorilla first. He tries to appeal to it on an emotional level. That's not something that we see in a lot of rock films, but in this one, it's But there. even that is like, like the, the very first, the opening scene of the movie, he's got with some like monkey students and they're like, <laughs> and one of the gorillas gets upset and the monkey students are like, oh my God, oh no, what are we going to do? And he's like, don't worry, I'm going to stand here right in front of a raging gorilla and calm it down. Right. He's used... so tough. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's toughness but not muscular toughness. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't punch them early on. He uh, punches later. Yes, but he definitely, paragon of good in this one, he kills and he doesn't really kill people, he saves people. He's All right. a saver, yeah. How big are his muscles in this film? They're big. This is, uh, he's in classic form here. And yeah. as is always the case, the movie increasingly finds reasons for him to discard clothing so that he's down to like the bare minimum. Yeah. Inter- like, a, like a one torn t-shirt by the end. Exactly, like t-shirts that have Barely fit. Yeah. Like, they're painted on. Where he gets his clothes, I will not know. Oh, this is the silliest thing. At one point, <laughs> so he gets shot. Point, I mean, spoiler alert for Rampage, it doesn't matter. The Malin Ackerman, the evil, the evil corporate lady, shoots him point blank in the stomach with an automatic <laughs> pistol. Yeah. And he goes down. And his girlfriend's like, oh, no, you shot the rock. I am so mad. Three to four minutes later, he's back. And she's like, I thought you got shot. And he's like, I did, but it didn't hit anything important. And he's fine. He, he's, he got shot in the stomach from five feet away. And in the very next scene, he crashes a helicopter and he's still fine. He's completely fine from both of those things. Right. For 90% of the movie, they pretended he was a normal human being. And then for 10%. No shock. No blood loss. I, I would be more incapacitated by a, like a badly stubbed toe than he is by a gunshot wound. <laughs> That's what makes 
in the rock. There's so many helicopters. Every other scene, someone is commandeering a helicopter. There's a giant wolf on the loose. They have to shoot it. Sponsored by the helicopter industry. I'm sorry, you're in the middle of something. I I was. Well, we we did talk, but I think that's a good segue. We needed to talk about this. Uh, The other question I have for you is about his emotional accessibility. In a lot of early rock films, I feel like early in his career, they don't really play up the the fact that the rock was a good person or Dwayne Johnson had to be anything more than just a big bag of muscles. But in this one, is he emotionally inaccessible? I don't think so. You don't think so? What, like... He, well, well he's, he's got his friend. He really, he loves this monkey. He loves, well, I, I don't know. I think gorilla people get mad when you call them monkeys. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> gorilla people have nothing to do with the production of Francis. Listen, I don't want anybody sending me mean emails. You send them to Brian. Technically, George is not a monkey. He's an albino western lowland gorilla. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I'm not the one calling them monkeys, right? <laughs> Especially not the monkey people. <laughs> All right, no, back to my point, right? What I'm saying is that... Uh, what if we get canceled by the monkey people? Would that be good for our brand? I don't think so. Look, he's supposed... In a lot of roles, he is emotionally inaccessible. In this one, it makes it a point that he can relate to animals really well, but he has a hard time relating to humans because humans are terrible and for whatever reason and it makes a big show about him not dating even though there's a lovely lady right you know just about throwing herself at him (laughs) right wander into his life uh so no i think in this one he's not emotionally inaccessible yeah i I would agree i think yeah i think he's good friends with the monkey and the movie makes a point to show him both having and developing human friendships and and perhaps romances does there romance does he does he kiss the the naomi harris was given a thankless role she didn't really have anything to do very thin she does it really well Uh, and I hope she got paid a lot of money for this. But there obviously is supposed to be some kind of relationship brewing, right? You're supposed to read into it. And they make this really stupid, dirty joke at the end. Oh, And I'm yes, just like, why do, do you do that? Uh-huh. It could have been a really like good family film, but you made that annoying yeah. joke. I watched it with my nine-year-old. And yeah. Yeah, at the very end, like, you know, you realize George is going to be okay. Yeah. And uh, him and he's signing with, with Dwayne Johnson. And then he makes a dirty, like sort of like a sex gesture with his yeah. giant monkey fingers yeah and i had to like you know i didn't you know i didn't want to get into that with my daughter so yeah right it's just like it's super unnecessary and this could have been a really fine like family film that parents don't really have to worry about except they tack on that dumb joke at the end and that really frustrates me like having actually watched this with a nine-year-old i can yeah it was it was pg-13 so bad parenting move on my part (laughs) right also the opening sequence with the there's the rat and the body parts are flying around. Oh. And then at one point she gets the mean, the corporate lady gets eaten by a monkey. Well, it's a little dark. There's a difference between kind of the gore and violence that people are used to. And then kind of toilet humor. Yes. Like it was vulgar. sex it was jokes. A vulgar moment. Yes. Yeah. So that wasn't good. But that joke does make me think that, yeah, there's a romantic relationship here. Yeah. The monkey picked up on something <laughs> brewing between the two of them. <laughs> The other thing about The Rock in a lot of his films, and I have yet to find one that this doesn't apply to, is that he's always presented as the paragon of moral goodness. Yes. Is that the case here? Absolutely. He is the goodest guy. He was a special forces guy. He's a gentleman. He can solve any problem. He can fly any kind of helicopter. He's Mr. Clean, like he always is. Like he always is. He has no discernible political beliefs. He <laughs> isn't. He's like kind of anti evil corporations but even not super anti he just wants his friend to be back to normal and uh, you know wants to help the nice science lady do whatever she needs to get done and in these in these roles he's in all the time like 
they'll have like this something that is positioned as a flaw, but it's not. It's like, oh, he cares too much, or like he loves animals more than people, and he gives a speech about how like he killed some poachers because he was so mad because he <laughs> loves animals. Like they, even when they give him a flaw, it's such a like fake, you know, backdoor fluffy kind of thing. Yeah, has he ever had a real flaw? No, his character. That's why his characters are always unmemorable because they're always perfect invincible superman badasses i, I don't know what's wrong they're with that scared <laughs> they're never frightened they're never uncertain they're never wrong they're never harmed in any way and i've yeah, never i've never seen the rock also be wrong in any situation no, he's never wrong he's never defeated he's never bested he gets shot in the stomach <laughs> and he's fine he flexes it off that's true he he's, walks it off a gunshot wound he's never made a bad decision <laughs> no no rock character is ever wrong in any way i love that uh, okay, let me ask you another question. I, I think I know the answer to this, but this is probably the one we're going to take seriously. Lay it on me, sister. Is there any man or woman or gorilla in this film <laughs> that can challenge the rock? No, he defeats the entire army. <laughs> he defeats a crocodile the size of Rhode Island. He defeats a flying wolf. He defeats, uh, yeah, he defeats everybody. Yeah, you're meant to think that maybe the giant animals might yep. pose a threat to the rock. They beat the U.S. Army, <laughs> but there was someone better coming along, and it was Dwayne Johnson. But not the rock. I feel like the Army did a very bad job of stopping these animals. Like, they didn't seem to really, like, use their best tactics. They seemed kind of befuddled the whole time. Okay, I might be remembering this wrong because it has been a minute <laughs> since I saw this film, but don't they threaten to just blow... The F out of yeah, all of the, Chicago. The tension like, ratcheting mechanism at the end is that like, oh, we we you know we can't stop these monsters. We have to send in the super bomb. Mm -hmm. And so for the last third act, the super bomb is flying towards Chicago, and the that's so that's the the rock has to like defeat the monsters before the army blows up Chicago. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know that the army would blow up Chicago even to kill a giant monster crocodile. No, I don't think you should. I don't think you should blow up any giant city. Though that seems to be every single movie that seems to be like the defined that seems to be the military's answer, right? To we're going to we're yeah. going to drop a bomb on them. I do. So we you, we mentioned San Andreas. One of the things that I disliked intensely about San Andreas was the the scale of it was so grossly relentless that it became it became impossible to care about anything. Like in San Andreas, every building fell down. Mm -hmm. But in Rampage, one building fell down. And that actually made it, I think, more... Again, it's a very, you know, cartoony, silly movie. Uh, but, like, the fact that one building fell down made it feel much more, like, kind of viscerally thrilling. Interesting. One building. Not every building, because that's too much. Well, one building. Right. Not every building had to fall down, but these giant animals did cause a lot of havoc in a major yeah, city. They, they smashed some bunch of signs, a lot of cars. They ate some people, which I think was a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. Like they were, they were, they were menacing the giant monster. Animals. Right, right. They they needed to be shown their place. Okay, so let me ask you about the wokeness factor of this film. I know people don't like using that as a shorthand, but I don't know what to tell you. It's... Well, we like to interrogate the way that race, class, gender, and other issues are treated, and we like to discuss the ideological valence of a film, <laughs> which I think is particularly hard to do with Dwayne Johnson <laughs> films, because as you noted, they often lack any ideological character one way or the other. They do lack any kind of... They do lack a specific ideology aside from apoliticalness, right? Mm -hmm. That seems to be the driving force of all of the rock films. Um, but again, these are one of the few films where... Most of the times, my big complaint is that The Rock, who's clearly a person of color, is just coded as white. 
mm, in the films. Yes. You've noted that. I think you were often correct. I do. I say that all the time, but it bears repeating in every episode, I think. But in this one, there's minor nods to the fact that he might be a person of color. And I think his last name is yeah, Aoke. Okoye is his last name, yeah. which I assume is Samoan and a nod to his actual ancestry. Yeah. And his love interest is, is a black woman. So right. I, yeah, I think for once they are not pretending he's a white dude. Right. And the fact that they gave him um, that the leading woman in the film is black and uh, he's a person of color. I guess that ranks high, except these are films <laughs> that just never. I, I mean, we're not watching <laughs> Rampage because we need to, you know, because we're trying to interrogate racial politics in America. But the fact that it is a big blockbuster film starring a black woman and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is a person of color, take that for what you will. I think, you know, I think this is a sort of, yeah, a sort of a Disney corporate lawyer degree of like, we need this kind of person and this kind of person, and this kind of person, so that no one gets upset. Um, but, you know, they, they could, you know, they could have made the leading lady a white lady and they didn't. So, yeah, we'll, we'll give them yeah. the barest of props. I, I don't even know if it's props, but it's more like, uh, I'm, I just am going back to something that I think somebody said about... Uh, <clears throat> Like a Denzel. Oh, it was about the Pelican Brief, I think. All right. Where I think the Pelican Brief is like Denzel Washington and, and Julia, Roberts, Julia Roberts, right? Yeah. And there was a lot of like chatter about a white leading lady and a black main mm-hmm. character and how that like then becomes a movie about race. And I was like, well, one of the ways that you can avoid these movies becoming about race is if you don't cast a white person as a romantic interest. Although really, you know, yeah, Dwayne Johnson is, uh, he's a switch hitter, right? Like he dates white lady, he dates a black lady. It's, it's all fine. It's, it's never, all fine. He's right. never in an interracial, interracial romance. Exactly. He's ethnically ambiguous. He's just never, way. <laughs> never coded as one way or the other. So that's probably digging a little too deep into rampage racial dynamics, but, uh, uh, well, that's, that's really all we got. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, I have. I I do. I'm sorry. We're as not a, done yeah. yet. As a resident cultural critic and, and closet Marxist. Well, <laughs> not not about this specific uh, thread that we're on. But I would like to know, which was your favorite giant killer animal? Oh, the wolf. The wolf oh. is great. Um, so, the yeah, the second animal is the wolf. And it's introduced, like, probably the best scene in the movie they said, yeah, the evil corporate lady sends like her her black ops mercenaries out to catch the. Oh, you need to go back and get the specimen. They land, and this is a great like monster movie scene, right? They're yeah. Like, oh no, something's already gotten into this thing. Then they see a wolf track, and it's huge. And they're like, oh shit, it's a big. And she sends him after it. And the first time you see the wolf, you don't see it like on screen, giant and spectacular. You see it like they're watching like a sort of like a night vision feed back at corporate headquarters from the mercenary guys. So you see like just brief snatches of the wolf when it like grabs somebody and eats some and like you just see it out of the corner of your eye it's so well done and then great great best scene in the whole movie best visual the first time you see the wolf in all its full glory they're escaping the military dudes are escaping in a helicopter the wolf jumps off it's huge it's twice the size of the helicopter jumps off the cliff and eats the helicopter and also the wolf has wings which is a nice touch. It doesn't have wings. It has like gliding squirrels. It has like this. It has like some skin attached to its hind legs or something like the that. The wolf can fly and it's terrific. <laughs> uh, I think that's a very good pick. I don't know if I can compete with that. Well, you know, you like George uh, the monkey. I did. I like George the monkey. I think that the motion capture folks who did all the mannerisms did a great job with that. I think my favorite killer animal is George. Good job, George. Here's a question about the science of rampage. 
Instagram page. Mm, if you will. So yes. the, the, the space goo comes out of from outer space and it turns the monkeys. Uh, well, it makes all the animals like gigantic. Yeah, except it's goo in space, but then it's released as an aerosol. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. And so the, the, the job of the scientist lady, the Naomi, Naomi Harris character, is to constantly say, oh, the reason that's happening is because of their growth hormones. Like she's always throwing in like a fake science fact to rash up the tension. So the monkey gets really big. Like the monkey gets like five times the size of a regular monkey. The gorilla. The ape, if you will. <laughs> the, the, the wolf gets even bigger. But the, also the wolf gets, uh, it gets spikes on its back. It gets wings, sort yeah. of. And it, at one point it has these, it shoots quills out of its tail. <laughs> then the crocodile gets like Are you making duper. this up? No, you don't remember this? <laughs> For some reason, the monkey got super big. The crocodile got super duper big. It does all the kinds of... The wolf also got crazy weaponry. It, it just does all kinds of weird shit to you, apparently. But why did it happen to the other animals? Why didn't they get crazy super weaponry? Listen, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It's just it's odd, you know? Like, why didn't George get, like, laser eyes or something? I think George should... He's just strong. He doesn't, like, spit fire or yeah, anything like, like that. standard issue monkey stuff. The wolf yeah. got extra powers, is what I'm saying. Uh, if you have further thoughts about Rampage and the science behind it, you can email Brian. Uh, I, I, I really just wanted to talk about the giant killer animals, but aside from the giant wolf, do you have a movie MVP? Oh, well, it's got to be the wolf for me. Uh, but who did you enjoy most who was not Dwayne Johnson in the film? You know, this is really tough, but uh, we've talked about a lot of the good things. I'm going to have to give my movie MVP to Malin Ackerman, who played the evil corporate oh, she's lady. so evil. And it's really funny because she played it like that old cartoon. Um, what's that? Who was the woman in the Bullwinkle cartoon? Oh, uh, Natasha. Natasha. Natasha like, Boris. Yeah. yeah she, she plays it like without the Russian accent, but she just plays it so hilariously campy and yeah, she's Bad. evil just to be evil. Right, she's evil just to be evil. This Malin Ackerman knows this role does not call for anything else for her <laughs> except to be an evil smoke show. And she's like, that's what I'm going with. Please cut the check. So kudos to you, Malin Ackerman, for getting paid. I, uh, you know, yeah, I, I enjoyed The Wolf more than anyone else. But uh, Malin Ackerman also has a... She's the, the head of the evil corporation, but she has a like delightfully <laughs> stupid brother yeah. played by um, what's his, uh, Jake Lacey. He was in, I, I know him from White Lotus. He was in that mm. show uh, uh, where he's an objectionable guy in that show too. But he's so, <laughs> he, again, like she's comically villainous and he's comically inept and stupid in, right. a, in a kind of fun way. Yeah. And at the end, uh, yeah, the FBI guy lets him go and he's immediately squashed by a falling <laughs> a falling chunk of asphalt. I, I think it was a fun death. It is a fun death. And I think that is the like the saving grace of this film is that it understands it's a big dumb movie about big giant killer animals yeah, and a lot, everyone a lot of winks to yeah, the audience a lot of winks which i appreciate i think you like this movie more than i did but our final question to end on where do you think this fits into the rock canon well it seems uh, it seems very uh this seems like classic dwayne johnson right like he's a big super tough badass good guy gentleman handsome brute of a man he defeats various foes with his physicality and problem solving there's an attractive lady who likes him but who is not really an equal to him in any way of course um yeah this seems like uh i don't know that it's better or worse than any of his other classic movies but it seems like squarely in his main wheelhouse 
I agree it's in his wheelhouse. I think it's one of his lesser films just because it's so unmemorable in so many ways. Like The Rock, like you've said it before, he never says no to anything. And this is a movie that he didn't really need to say yes to, but he said yes anyway. If you're a high school student and you're casting for a student production of whatever it is, send the guy an email. He'll probably say yes. He does a minimum of two movies a year. Maybe he's got a hole in his schedule. <laughs> for some reason, Dwayne Johnson does not turn down any film project offered to him. You know what? For you, I'm going to take Dwayne Johnson energy into my life. Never say no, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> Is that how, how would you have that kind of time? <laughs> I, don't I don't know, but I'm, I'm learning a few things from this season of The Rock. All right, that's it for me. Brian, any closing thoughts? No, I've had such a good time talking about <laughs> Rampage, the movie, uh, and I'm excited to talk about uh, whatever movie we're going to watch next week for our final episode of the season. All right, thank you guys very much. And remember to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. 10 Movies, our artisanal handcrafted podcast, is brought to you every week with help from Seth Everett and Anthony Gill. See you next week. <laughs>